0: Welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio, your source for breaking news, business trends, and economic forecasts here and abroad that impact one-third of America's economy. And now your hosts, Lou Weiss and Tim Grady. Thank you for tuning in to Manufacturing Talk Radio. I'm Tim Grady. I'm here with my co-host, Lou
1: Weiss. And, Lou, we have some breaking news today. Yeah, we do. Uh, The ISM uh, business and non-business reports are going to be reviewed. Uh, The first, uh, we have uh, Anthony uh, Nieves, who's the non-manufacturing, and Brad Holcomb, who is the manufacturing. So why don't you take it from there? Anthony, uh, we appreciate you being back with us on Manufacturing Talk Radio. Looks like you've
0: got a good report this month. Let's dive in.
2: Thank you. It's great being on the show. So when you look at the release for the non-manufacturing report on business, the NMI Composite Index, 56.5, it's off just a 0.1 percentage point month over month. That uh, reflects a trend of 85 months of growth. And just to remind everyone of what the Composite Index is, it's comprised of business activity, new orders, employment, and supplier deliveries equally weighted.
0: Now, Anthony, I noticed that uh, the business activity index still remains strong in non-manufacturing.
2: It is. At 60.3, it's uh, off 0.6 percentage points from December's reading. And I should point out that all of the indexes are seasonally adjusted, which have been applied. uh, uh, We get that uh, seasonal adjustments from the uh, Department of Commerce. And uh, looking back, business activity has had a trend of 90 months of growth. And at 60.3 is is indicative of a very strong rate of growth for business activity.
0: I see that mining is reporting growth in January. That's a, a bit unusual for them, is it not?
2: Well, mining has been uh, strong for the, you know, going into the last quarter of 2016. Uh, they really uh, seem to have come out of the doldrums. I think that the mining industry really held back the overall um, numbers for the sector uh, because it was so depressed uh, for uh, most of 2016 and seemed to have a pickup in the last quarter. And mining actually uh, led uh, all industries uh, when looking at it from the perspective of the composite index.
0: What are your respondents say uh, to this, uh, what's happening in January?
2: Well, in looking at overall the comments from our respondents, Uh, They're mixed, uh, I would say, tending more toward uh, positive. Uh, I think it's uh, reflective of uh, the various industries that comprise uh, this non-manufacturing sector. But overall, uh, they're saying that there's a good outlook for the business, uh, just some uncertainty as it relates to the change in government administration, uh, and it's specific to certain industries. One of the uh, comments that came directly from one of our respondents, in healthcare and social assistance, is con- current condition stable, uncertainty with the Trump presidency, and how it's going to be- impact healthcare? And that, uh, I always like to use this healthcare as an example because if you think back to uh, the election and uh, the president was saying how he wasn't going to touch Medicare, he wasn't going to touch Social Security yet. Um, Some of the folks that he's assigned to his cabinet, especially the Department of Health, they're saying that they've been proponents of revamping Medicare. Uh, Then you couple that with the Affordable Care Act and uh, the uh, push toward uh, overturning that and coming up with something different that uh, bodes for all that uncertainty in that particular sector. And compared to, or I should say, uh, opposed to uh, small businesses, which comprise a a good portion of uh, the economy in the state of California where I'm at, um, there is optimism because of what is uh, coming out of the administration in regards to helping advance uh, the efforts for small businesses.
0: Yes, that's uh, certainly something we're all looking forward to is to see what happens out of the administration for small businesses. Why don't you, uh, for our listeners, kind of go through the, uh, the top five categories in your report, uh, Anthony, and give them a feel for what's been happening over the month of
2: January. Certainly. As we've talked about the, uh, the four indexes uh, that make up the uh, composite, and I mentioned the composite being the NMI at 56.5, uh, reflecting growth. We talked about business activity also reflecting growth. And then we come to the New Waters Index, At 58.6, it's down 2.1 percentage points. And this is uh, a leading index, uh, just as it is in manufacturing. It tells us what's in the pipeline. And at 58.6, even though coming off the 2.1 percentage points, it's still a strong reading for the sector. Then we also have the employment index. And I always like to say as employment goes, that's how this particular sector goes because it's definitely a more labor-intensive sector And at 54.7, we've had an uptick of two percentage points from the 52.7. One thing to note, uh, the jobs report came out today, uh, reflected uh, a growth of about 50,000 jobs. What we keep uh, indicating in in the non-manufacturing report, there is a shortage out there in regards to um, construction labor, trades labor and it's also been in short supply and and the price has gone up uh, for that particular labor uh, um, category and so the last uh, index that comprises the uh, uh, composite index is supplier deliveries and we see them slowing just a bit uh, uh, at a a slightly faster rate at 52.5 also uh, what's notable is inventories have contracted And this is a result of the concerted effort at year-end to reduce inventories, uh, the associated carrying costs, cash liquidity was very important, and actually how they're posting numbers when they close out the uh, fiscal period. And uh, the the other index I'll talk about is prices. We see prices at 59 growing uh, 2.9 percentage points month over month, And these prices are typically associated with fuel and energy and fuel-related type uh, products, as well as I mentioned the uh, labor aspect and various food commodities, which have a volatility um, and ever-changing. Let's not forget the stainless steel products and steel products. Absolutely.
1: Which is near near and dear to our hearts at All Metals and Ford Group.
2: How can I... How could I miss that? I should have highlighted that.
1: Sorry, we won't hold it against you.
2: <laughs> uh, what's happening with exports, uh,
0: Anthony? I see that that's contracting. Uh, and what is that sector exporting?
2: You know, that's a great question. And when we look at exports and um, the strength of the dollar, especially in the manufacturing sector, has uh, affected uh, things when you're looking at tangible goods, when you're in the non-manufacturing sector, which is services, mostly services, and there are some commodities that are associated with it, but what truly gets exported based on what I can ascertain from the respondents' comments and the different uh, areas of uh, the 18 industries that comprise uh, non-manufacturing, it's in that category of knowledge management. And what do I mean by knowledge management? It's uh, information Uh, It's the management of companies and support services. It's professional, technical, and scientific uh, services. So it's in the intellectual arena. uh, Even though we hear about technology being programmed, say, over in India and other parts of the world, the actual strategy and the thought process of structuring that strategy comes from the United States. And when it gets exported out to various countries, because it's not tied to a tangible good, you have some more flexibility as it relates to how you price that out and what it comes in at for these companies that are requiring these services. Mm
0: hmm. Mm hmm. Now, I see import, of course, has gone the other direction, and that's probably because of the strong dollar in our buying power. Is that about right?
2: Absolutely. That, that definitely is uh, indicative of that.
1: Is there any uh, vision going forward about the, the dollar and the strength of the dollar coming down, perhaps?
2: You know, that, that remains to be seen. I'm not sure uh, how that's going to pan out myself, uh, and our res- the respondents aren't giving us uh, uh, much uh, projection in that regard outside of our uh, semiannual report, which uh, uh, is more uh, uh, associated with the manufacturing sector. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay,
0: Anthony, your non-manufacturer report has been pretty uh, steady throughout all of uh, the last 12 months. Operating in a wait, we think is a fairly narrow range, but always
2: above 50. It, it's been uh, strong and steady. Uh, we've not had any real major upticks um, in the uh, composite index. Uh, you'd have to go back to uh, you know mid. 2015, where we had some real strength uh, consistently for several months there, but uh, overall it's been hovering in that you know mid 50 range, uh, 54, 55, and now it uh, the last quarter was very strong for non-manufacturing, the last quarter of 2016, and um, it started uh, you know in October, and then there was a kind of the uh, psyche effect as much as. The indexes themselves tend not to be affected by um, you know, the, the abstract, but looking at it, the numbers just kind of boosted right in line with where the Dow went. And even though we've had a cooling off on the Dow, um, the trend for non-manufacturing from that last quarter has carried over into January. January is usually a bit where you see that lull after the holidays, after all that buildup even though taking into consideration the seasonal adjustments it does come down a little bit but yet what i see here at the 56.5 and especially the other indexes that uh it's a great starting point for 2017 do you think yeah.
1: that do you think that any of that uh upward movement in january which typically doesn't work that way has anything to do with the new administration that we
2: have uh, in Washington? You know, it's hard to directly correlate it to that. But, um, again, the, you know, consumer confidence, commercial confidence, um, that's what, uh, you know, as we were talking earlier about, it causes people to spend a little more and stimulate things in the economy. So mm-hmm. uh, I think that uh, if we start seeing some good capital reinvestment and – uh, consumer spending, uh, and not just consumer spending as we see it and hear about it, but as it pulls through the entire uh, economic uh, uh, structure of everything, that, uh, that'll that bode well overall for the economy. Mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm. Okay. Anthony, your uh, report, you always do a correlation to GDP. Where does it come out to for January?
2: Well, January was a little softer for that compared to uh, the over 3% we had last month. It, it dipped to 2.9. If you annualize the uh, composite index, index of 56.5, it went down to a, to 2.9%, which is still, uh, you know, I always feel anything um, above uh, 2%, uh, is, it, you're is not going to complain about it, especially after we came out of uh, such a tough time, even though we've had this... You know, 85 months on the NMI, it's still been very slow incremental growth uh, throughout that period of time.
0: I anyway, I can't ask you if there are any uh, uh, downward surprises in the report because the report didn't go down very much. No. From.
2: No, other than the uh, the inventories and the new export orders, uh, uh, everything else looks pretty much in line, and uh, we touched on those uh you know, as far as the uh, the timing, strength of the dollar, and yet um, inventories being uh, what it is with the year end. So I think that there's going to be some replenishment for sure in inventories because uh, uh, capacity wouldn't be able to withstand keeping uh, inventories contracted like that.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Now, you put out with Brad back in December, I think it was December 8th, a uh, forecast for 2017. How is this report tracking with that forecast?
2: Well, I would say that right now, looking at this coming out of the gate, and, again, we measure different things, um, you know, because we're measuring uh, revenues and we're measuring uh, um, different activities, yet the monthly has some of these indexes that transposes, like business activity, uh, you would hope would transpose into uh, revenues and and bottom-line profit, but uh, profit and loss. But uh, when you look at it, uh, I think right now we're trending a little bit ahead of what our forecast was.
0: Well, that's encouraging.
1: Yeah. That's a great sign. It's a great sign coming off of uh, 15 and 16, year 2015 and 16, being somewhat soft. Yes.
0: So, Anthony, I know that uh, there was a projection in the December 8th report about capital expenditures, which was very mild. Uh, are some of the readings you're getting now indicating that capital expenditures may in fact increase above what you projected?
2: Still a little too early to tell with the coming out of the gate, which uh, is the uh, first month like this, and uh, you know what the forecasts are and be- and what budgets are. Typically, you see uh, companies adjusting as they go throughout the year when there's a little bit more uh, time under the uh, that that's transpired, but first month like that, just a little hard to tell if they're they're uh, leaning in that direction.
0: Um, yeah. Yeah, I think I would agree that uh, it is really, Michelle. I just wanted to, to find out whether or not, from your perspective, uh, you had a different read on it than uh, we do, just kind of glancing over the report. Uh, anything else in the report that you would like to share with our listeners, uh, other than the fact that it looks like it's all really good news?
2: Well, I, I I always like to go and see what the respondents are saying, um, and I read through uh, all of the the uh, information that comes in, and we extrapolate what we feel is reflective of the uh, overall picture from our uh, respondents. And, um, you know, I read the one uh, or I mentioned the one about the health care earlier, but uh, when you look at... Um, Some of the uh, other things, and one that uh, I always feel is reflective of not just the uh, non-manufacturing sector, but always um, uh, the manufacturing is because we rely on intermediaries in the non-manufacturing is the wholesale trade. The wholesale trade is they're moving and adding time and place value in the supply chain. Uh, their their comment was from one of the respondents is, year over year for this period, we are down slightly, but that is primarily due to the mild winter we are experiencing. Outlook for the upcoming season is very positive. And I think that is a good reflection uh, of, for the non-manufacturing sector at this point in time.
1: I would like to just make one comment, uh, and we generally try and bring it up uh, when you're on the show, uh, Anthony, and that is that you know some of the listeners may say, you know, why why are we doing the non-manufacturing report? And I think it's important that they understand that the non-manufacturing report has a lot of manufacturing mixed in with it. You know, upstream and downstream from the figures, there are uh, a lot of manufacturing that goes into the various products uh, that are within that report. So we like to uh, include that and tell them the reason why we include the
2: non-manufacturing report. So just, just a note. Well, that's a great point, and that's one I always say, that uh, when you look at uh, manufacturers, they are suppliers to non-manufacturing and vice versa, just as you said, upstream and downstream. So there is, even though the reports are separate, there is correlation between the two. Correct,
0: correct. Before we wrap up here, Anthony, I just want to touch back on the construction labor shortage. Uh, I guess I have to ask what uh, has caused it. Is there anything in the report or from your respondents that indicates why there is a labor shortage? Are we chasing uh, immigrants back south of the border and now we don't have our roofers and framers anymore?
2: Well, I think we've had this shortage for close to a year now. And part of it is um, and it has I don't think it has it's too soon since we've had people uh, talking about the executive order and the uh, immigration policies and strengthening uh, the resolve at the border for screening and vetting and whatnot I think the challenge really is um, I think I may have used this in the past but it's kind of like the watch industry in Switzerland uh, two things have impacted it there one was the fact that now the millennials and the younger generations are looking at their phones for watches inst- instead of looking at their wristband, and then mm-hmm. the other thing is, who wants to train to be a watchmaker when it takes <laughs> years to do it, and you're dealing with uh, you know this process of manual process of assembling watches, even with the you know Rolex, which uses more robotics than than say uh, uh, Patek Philippe, which is more hand assemble type stuff. And the point I'm making in all of this is the youth of today, the blue-collar worker of today, you don't have the same pool as you did going back 20, 30 years ago. The youth of today is more into technology. They're more into uh, that particular arena versus just doing trades work. So it's not being handed down, I think. So the pool is shrinking. And that coupled with perhaps what you mentioned with the – situation of not having uh, f- uh, foreign nationals or, or uh, um, you know, green card workers coming in to pick up the slack on some of this. Who knows? I mean, that's just my observation of it and from what I can gather, but um, nothing really truly is uh, indicated by, by respondents' comments, per se, as to why the shortage in that arena.
0: Interesting, because uh, certainly it's a uh, a skilled task to be able to do the framing and the roofing and the things that you watch as you see a building go up. Um, But you're probably right that the attraction isn't there as it used to be, Uh, although I think it's a a pretty good living being uh, a skilled framer or a a
2: roofer. Yeah, I think, you know, in Europe, they tend to – have there's 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 more prestige associated with being in the trades. Whereas mm-hmm. I think in this country everyone is, you know, aspiring to some CEO job or a white collar suit and tie job. I'm not saying everyone, or the millennials are looking for the cool factor and technology uh related type jobs. Whereas uh it's lost its um it's um, attraction here, as you said, in this country. And trades used to be handed down generation to generation. You know, plumbers, electricians, it. mechanics. It's just not happening that way. Very true. Very true.
0: Well, Anthony, we appreciate your time on Manufacturing Talk Radio and your presentation and some of the details of it before. Thank you for joining us
1: again. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Anthony.
2: Thank you.
0: We encourage our listeners to go to the Institute for Supply Management.org where you can find these reports.
2: And we'll be right
0: back after these commercial messages. Manufacturing Talk Radio will be right back. Elevate your career and stay ahead of the curve with EISM, brought to you by the Institute for Supply Management. EISM is the first on the go lifestyle compatible learning initiative in the industry. It features hyper-short 15-minute modules and guided learning courses that can be completed in as few as three weeks, just right for you or your team. It's the world's largest one-stop online learning shop for supply management. Register today at ismelearning.org.
1: All Metals and Forge Group is an ISO 9001AS and EN 9100 manufacturer of open-die forgings and seamless rolled rings in alloy, carbon, stainless and tool steels, aluminum, copper, titanium, and nickel alloys. Visit us at steelforge.com or call 800-600-9290.
0: Welcome back to Manufacturing Talk Radio. We're here with Mr. Brad Holcomb, who is the committee chair for the Manufacturing Report on Business, which is put out by the Institute for Supply Management on the first business day of every month. And we have some excellent numbers for Brad to discuss with us. Brad, welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio.
3: Thank you very much. It's always great to be with you and your listeners.
0: Well, we appreciate having you on the show, and I know Lou's very excited about the numbers that have come out, so let me have you just jump right into the report and uh, share with our listeners what appears to be in excellent report for last month.
3: Yes, indeed. Uh, the PMI is at 56.0, which is up one and a half percentage points from from last month's 545 and it's growing for five consecutive months. So building on the momentum from the last uh, four months of 2016 and off to a great start in 2017 with a number that's the highest since November of 2014. So, again, off to a very, very good start, uh, supported by good uh, comments and uh, several, many other good numbers uh, in the Manufacturing at a Glance table, if your audience uh, has access to the report, uh, and they
0: certainly better have access to the report. It's a great report. Yes, <laughs> in,
3: yes, indeed. There's there's a lot here. It's a good report. It's a good start for the year. Uh, it reflects a positive attitude on the part of uh, business and uh, expectations for for more of the same as we go forward. Uh, And I think it's very consistent with the December semiannual forecast uh, for the year, which called for something like 4.5% revenue increase uh, by businesses uh, on average for the year. And for that to happen... You know, we need to stay in this, in this range uh, or better overall. So, again, it's a great start. I mentioned that the PMI was the highest since November of 2014. That is also true of new orders and production, both highs since November of 2014, uh, somewhat coincidentally. Uh, new orders is up a tenth of a point to 60.4 from last month. Growing for five consecutive months. Uh, Production up two full percentage points this month to 61.4, growing for five consecutive months. Uh, And I'll just pause there for a moment uh, to say that uh, we've got a nice run started here, five consecutive months of growth in the PMI, new orders, and production.
0: Yeah, it's really uh, looking like things have uh, recovered from the doldrums of 2016 going into 2017. Brad, what are the respondents saying about their feeling about their particular industries?
3: Yes, there's some very interesting and, and generally quite positive comments, one that you'll like in Fabricated Metal Products that uh, the comment specifically is steady demand from automotive. And that's been true for some time and continues according to this respondent. Uh, so that's good. We're, we're certainly seeing some, some fine uh, automobiles and I think, uh, you know, competitive pricing coming out, lots of innovations, lots of electronics as well as mechanics in, in these machines and people, you know, love their automobiles, and, and the numbers and the comments, uh, you know, support that. You know, in, and all, in
1: addition – go ahead. I was I was going to just make, make a comment, uh, Brad, that uh, the uh, oil uh, rigs are beginning to open up uh, and start up again, which is a, a sign, you know, needed for uh, oil and gas in regards to – manufacturing and uh, um, the, the various mm-hmm. miscellaneous manufacturing where they need the petroleum products. So they, the oil people are looking at this and saying this, this may be for real. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And another comment, this
1: one is from
3: the petroleum and coal products uh, sector that we follow. Conditions and outlook remain positive. Raw materials prices are stable, resulting in stable margins. asset utilization remains high you know, and to your point, when asset utilization remains high, then you know there's a propensity to add you know new capital uh, to increase your asset base, not just in this industry but industries in general.
1: Mm-hmm, in fact mm-hmm. there's
3: there's a similar a related comment from plastics and rubber products uh, which says strong start to the new year production is increasing and we are adding capacity. So sounding good. Yeah. 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 And, and a couple more um, from the chemical products group demand very steady to start the year uh, from primary metals. Business looks stronger moving into the first quarter of 2017. From machinery, which um, ties in with capital expenditures, of course, and, and asset expansion, sales bookings are exceeding expectations. We are starting to see supply shortages and hot roll steel due to the curtailment of import. Um, but what I like about that is sales bookings are exceeding expectations. Uh, so this is clearly a more forward-looking comment than our table of numbers, for example, for the month of January. And generally speaking, the comments are are forward-looking, and that's why we put them in there to give a a flavor of what uh, people are
1: seeing, not just now, but in, the, in the, at least the short term. Not to jump ahead of you, Brad, but in your glance uh, at manufacturing on the consumer uh, customers' inventories, uh, showing that it's too low, uh, that's as good a number as you can get on that also, uh, that they're, they're going to be needing more inventories. Well, that's right. You know, at 48 and a half, it's down a half a point. And you're right.
3: When it's too low, it's like a vacuum. There's a propensity for restocking of shells that translates, obviously, into new orders uh, for next month and perhaps months to come. So, right. so that's definitely good. The, the other inventory that we follow, inventories of raw materials at 48.5, Uh, contracting you know in this same range just a uh, you know a point or two below 50 generally speaking for the last 19 months uh, shows a continuing concerted effort to to have lean inventories Um, they're in great shape and i'm sure that the chief financial officers are happy that inventories are, are slightly below 50, and they found a way to, to do that through good inventory control measures.
0: Mm-hmm. Brad, you've also got a uh, quick snapshot of uh, a calculation you do in your head between new orders and inventory. This month is pretty significant that I'd like you to share with our listeners. Uh,
3: yes, i really got to open that file back up. That number is 11.9 and i like anything that's above five so uh that that's a strong you know sort of side indicator that i follow you know for myself to gauge you know the relevance of of the new orders numbers in relationship to inventories right and so right. so very very well, good
1: so with so many
0: bright spots in the report it, you know we, we normally ask you uh, where are the risk factors where are the problems but it's all <laughs> very positive
3: well it is but there is one thing that um, you know we we can talk about here and that is prices of raw materials you know at 69 it's up three three and a half percentage points again it's been rising for, or I should say, you know, prices have been increasing for 11 consecutive months. Now, that doesn't mean that it's that they've caught up to where they were prior to this run because we had a long run of prices going down and, and literally deflationary prices reported for last year when we summarized the year in December. So, uh, nevertheless, 69 is, is, is a big number, and... Uh, we'll have to watch that and make sure that that stays, you know, in bounds.
2: Um, but
3: that's, that's the, prices, really the only thing that that stands out as something to to really watch and potentially be concerned about.
0: And that's prices of raw materials coming into uh, the manufacturing operation. Correct.
3: correct. Yes, that's okay. commodities and and all manner of raw materials and inputs into manufacturing. Okay.
0: Mm, Yeah. I I also note that uh, new export orders, in spite of a very strong dollar, continues to do fairly well.
3: Well, it is. It's growing for 11 consecutive months. I've been asked a lot about that today. You know, with respect to the high dollar, and you know what I what I've seen, you know, through the numbers is that, you know, despite despite that from, you know, an overseas buyer's perspective, U S manufactured goods are just so desirable, um, in terms of pricing, in terms of quality, in terms of availability, in terms of innovation, uh, that they keep buying our, our finished products. And, and, you know, we, we see that that we, we think that that's going to continue, uh, you know the current administration has an appetite for us doing even even more manufacturing here in, in the U.S. Uh, and you know, talking with companies and, and and certain companies are committing to even more capital here. And I think the the challenge is. Is going to be, you know, how much, how quickly, and what categories, and can we find the the labor, or how do we find the labor or technology uh, to keep expanding?
0: Right, right. That is clearly the challenge. And in in almost every uh, interview that we do, somewhere along the line, the skills gap crops up. It's a very serious issue. Uh, I think the number I heard is that there are 10,000 baby boomers retiring every day. So the brain drain in manufacturing is going to become quite serious very, very soon.
3: Yes. And I heard this morning that, um, you know, engineers is, is one of those, uh, skill sets that is, uh, is in need and, and hard to, to find. So, uh, you know, that will be, I think, a challenge for us as we have an appetite to grow manufacturing beyond what it is today. I mean, my perspective is that, and we've talked about this, you know, manufacturing has broadly continued to increase in terms of, you know, absolute uh, volume and, and size and scope. But, you know, on a relative basis, it's a much smaller and the services sector, which uh, my colleague Tony Nieves uh, follows. Nevertheless, you know, to have appetite for even more manufacturing uh, is, uh, you know, is, is a lofty goal and an idea, which I think will uh, will be beneficial in the long run.
0: Yeah, I think Lou and I are are proponents of uh counting uh, kind of outside the box in manufacturing and including everything or most everything upstream from uh, the factory floor and also the multiplier effect of every dollar that gets created in manufacturing results in somewhere between a dollar and a dollar and eighty dollar forty and a dollar eighty one 81 out in the marketplace. So we like to say that mm-hmm. manufacturing is a third of our economy.
1: So. <laughs> I'm yeah. going gonna, gonna yeah. to ask Brad a question here that he more than likely won't answer. Uh, <clears throat> so who gets the credit for the upward swing in manufacturing, the old administration or the new administration?
3: Well, I think it's consumers, you know, uh, con- con- and consumers, you know, understand what's what's going on in, in terms of the results of the election, the new administration, et cetera. and I think from a business standpoint, which obviously reflects on manufacturing, is that when you talk about reducing uh, corporate tax rate, when you talk about reducing regulations, you know, you're favoring uh, businesses you know, to be healthy and nimble and and progressive and, and productive. And, you know, when that happens, you know, we get very, very competitive. And um, I, I think consu- consumers like that. Businesses obviously like that. And, you know, the administration and and businesses feel like, you know, they're the ones that really, you know, serve the economy, if you will. And, you know, it starts within businesses, you know, large, medium, and small, you know, and, and, and has the opportunity to touch, you know, a lot of people, if not everyone, you know, in, in, in some way, people that, uh, that that work and that have, um, you know, you know, things to, to contribute and, and so on. So, I think that's all reflected in this in this report for January. Uh I think as we move forward, you know, we need to see the the actual programs you know be be laid out, you know, become, you know, effective in
1: effect and effective. We see at uh All Metals and Forge, uh you know, we're talking with customers, manufacturing uh, customers Metalworking and so on uh, every day And we are hearing daily more optimistic talk Based on all the things that you just mentioned about tax reform and so on mm-hmm. That uh, they are um, finally loosening up the bucks To buy new equipment, more inventory and so on Because they feel as though the good times are going to roll again so uh, right. we, we agree with you based on the fact that we're on the, we're on the front line of that. Right. You know, we have, back to comments, uh, one from the food, beverage,
3: and tobacco products, is the economic outlook remains stable and no current effects of geopolitical changes appear to be penetrating uh, the market conditions. And, and I would sort of, you know, insert, editorially insert, no current ill effects. Of geopolitical changes appear to be penetrating market conditions. Right, right.
0: Yeah, I would certainly agree with mm-hmm. that, Brad. The other thing that's interesting to watch. Is your experience with this report and your previous work in supply chain. As new orders rise and even though production and employment is rising, are we going to see a a uh, increase in the backlog? But my sense is that the answer is yes, but you know better, far better than I.
3: Well, yes, you know, new orders at, at this rate is, you know, likely to, to outstrip, um, you know, production capabilities, um, and, and therefore, you know, the backlog would increase above 50. We've been below 50 for seven consecutive months, and it wouldn't surprise me. If, and we're dangerously close to that 50 mark at 49.5. So I wouldn't be at all surprised to see that back above 50, uh, but it's in good shape now, so that you've got, you know, plenty of plenty of new orders to reach back and and uh, you know pull into manufacturing, you know, in a sequenced, uh, scheduled, programmed way.
0: Mm-hmm. Brad, does anything in this report or anything that the ISM does address capacity utilization and where we are with that in manufacturing?
3: Not in this particular report, but I can go back to the December, uh, I think the December 8th report, where uh, we we closed the books last year at capacity utilization of 81.9%. So, uh, for for me, the magic number, or I should say, rule of thumb number of 85% is where you're starting to get, you know, tax and you know, at an effective, um, practical level. So we've got room. We've got room to grow. We've got at least three percentage points to grow, and we also. Uh, Will have an appetite and ability to to add capacity through capital expansion,
2: um,
3: and, and so uh, we, we do have room to grow in our in our current facilities, and certainly can can bolt on more as uh, as these numbers continue to materialize in this fashion.
0: And was that 81% for all of 2016? Was that an average for the year?
3: Uh, that was an ending point uh, in December. Okay. So it, okay. That's, that's how we measured it. Got it. Okay.
0: The well, question,
3: question is, what, what is it now?
0: Right. It, you, and, you probably know that if you do your May report.
3: Uh, yes. And, you know, when we're, we'll be together again, and uh, this time in Orlando, for the ISM uh, May conference, which should be a very good one, you know, very well attended by, I'm going to guess at least 3,000 professionals from around, from around the country and around the world to convene and, and talk about these things. Um, this, this may, uh, my colleague Tony and I, uh, will be busy on that Monday, uh, presenting report and also, uh, a breakout session to to go more you know more deeply into this as we do on your radio each month.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm, well, I'm glad you plugged that uh, that May conference and I just want to let you know a note off the top of your head. I just want to share with our audience the actual dates right. of that conference, which is May 21, through 24 certainly recommend that people in the supply chain industry are tied closely to it attend that conference. It's been
1: excellent. Uh, Right.
3: Uh, I think, you know, the venue is Orlando Disney specifically. So it should be, you know, very attractive from a destination standpoint and, you know, well attended and we've got a lot to talk about. Um, Back to capacity utilization for a second. Again, we ended the year at 81.9%. And, and we've been talking a little bit about capital expenditure and overall capacity. The capital expenditure forecast from that December report is only 0.2%. So basically, you know, dead even from what was expended last year. That is likely to change if these numbers continue to to grow. That is the PMI new orders production, uh, because companies will start to approve new projects as uh, you know orders come in to to full and overflowing.
1: Right. Matter of fact, uh, Brad, I hear a rumor that uh, manufacturing talk radio. Uh, is going to be at the Orlando event uh, uh, broadcasting uh, from uh, the show floor. So uh, in case you weren't aware of it, I'm letting you know. Mm -hmm. That's excellent. Yeah, I always enjoy seeing you there.
0: It's been a fabulous uh, time.
3: I'm, I'm assuming
1: I'll get my yellow jacket. No, no. You, you, we're counting the shows. You have, you now have forty shows under your belt. You have a uh-huh. few more to go, but uh, okay. the yellow jacket is in the works. Okay.
0: We just, we just have to Very remember your size, which I think was forty-six regular.
1: No, forty-two regular. Forty-two a, regular, exactly. Right. Oh.
0: Okay. I'm, I'm good with great.
1: numbers. I'm good at numbers, <laughs> just like you, Brett. Yeah. <laughs> Um,
0: well, Brad, anything well, else you want to share with our audience to sum up this very excellent report for manufacturing?
3: Well, I just want to say once again that it's a great start to the year. Uh, last year we didn't have such a great start. Uh, you know, last year was was up and down, and trying to find find direction, but finally did towards the end of the year, and it's continuing on and and even accelerating. So. We're, we're looking forward to more positives to come. Don't see any indications uh, of why that wouldn't be the case. And uh, look forward to, to talking with you and your audience next
1: month. Sounds great to me. Brad, thank you very much uh, for being here as usual as our standby uh, regular. And uh, we look yeah. forward to next month. You're most welcome.
3: Take care.
0: We've been speaking with Mr. Brad Hulken, who's committee chair for the ISM Report, Manufacturing Report on Business, which on top first business day of every month. Thanks for joining us on Manufacturing
1: Talk Radio. You can hear our next broadcast each Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at mfgtalkradio.com.